ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. We're talking punk, hardy, SummerSlam. I would call this a uh, unlikely championship match. I mean, mm. we didn't think that Jeff Hardy would ever be a single star, certainly not to this degree. CM Punk just is kind of like everything that a WWE superstar traditionally has not been. Yet here we are, um, main event, world championship. Pretty pretty big match, man. You, you're the one that picked this, though. Why did you pick it? Yeah, at the time when I was scheduling this, like uh, it was obviously a lot of CM Punk in the news more recently than anything. Um, I feel like Jeff Hardy is always in the news for one reason or another, good or bad. Um, I, I, you know, and more times than not, I feel like it's for the wrong reasons. And so um, this was one though, but it was at the same time, like I, you know, I I always like to say, like you know, put ourselves in the time frame of this, and in two thousand nine like these guys were pretty hot like it was like over spoiler here it was rated pretty high um and so no matter how we feel about these guys now and what has happened in the you know 15 years since you know jeff's problems or the cm you know who knows what week he's coming or going but um and we'll talk about that during the match we got lots of time but um yeah just i feel like a lot of different reasons to to get into it and talk about it Good. Well, I'm, I'm pumped to cover this one. Uh, it is SummerSlam 2009, and let's get into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. All right, so SummerSlam 2009, we are in L.A., Staples Center. Mm. Now, Jeff, I've never been to the Staples Center. I've never been to LA Live, which is like the surrounding area. Um, yep. Love to go at some point. Me neither. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I, I think I was watching the, um, what was the Western Conference Finals with the Lakers and Nuggets and, you know, they're doing like the flyovers. And I was like, man, that'd be a fun place to go at some point. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I this is a this is a pretty cool building, pretty cool area. Fourteen thousand in attendance, buy rate of three hundred and sixty nine thousand. We're uh, calling SummerSlam the biggest event of the summer. Um, I don't are they still do that? I think that tag uh, is still used. I, they used it for a few years. I'll look it up real quick and okay. see what we yeah, got. Just, yeah, just curious. So, all right, let's let's talk about the show here and uh, dark match. Beth Phoenix is going to win a fifteen diva. Battle Royal with Chavo Guerrero as your special guest referee. We kick off the show with Rey Mysterio keeping his IC title against Dolph Ziggler. MVP is going to defeat Jack Swagger. Jera Show, which was the tag team of Chris Jericho and Big Show, of course, are going to retain their unified WWE Tag Team Championship uh, against Crime Time. 
let's uh we'll talk about this during the show but i'm curious if you think there should be one or multiple brand uh tag team titles and and which shouldn't shouldn't be there so we'll, we'll sure. talk about that then kane's going to defeat the great Kali in 10 minutes that was probably about nine minutes too long now this is a fun one jeff 20-minute tag team match of Degeneration X, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. They're going to defeat the legacy of Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. If I'm not mistaken, this was like Shawn Michaels coming back after a, a hiatus following the uh, classic Undertaker match. But this is his final year in the business. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm correct. Christian is going to retain his ECW championship against William Regal in eight seconds. You heard that right. Yep. Then we finish off with two championship matches. Randy Orton is going to defeat John Cena to retain the WWE championship um, in 20 minutes. And then our main event, tables ladders and chairs um so these guys are put in a prime position and you know you're you're main eventing the show over randy orton and john cena that's gotta that's gotta tell you something so uh i'm really excited to cover this and i'm sure both guys were going into this match saying we're gonna steal the fucking show so Mm -hmm. jeff storyline standpoint how do we get to punk and hardy uh with the world title on the line yeah, a little bit of work shoot here too, kind of blending as you know, at least I, I know you you too, like we liked it. There is a line, but kind of blending that real world versus the, you know, the 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 worked world of WWE and kind of what they're doing. And so um you know, even on, you know, just looking on paper, you look at their lifestyles, it makes sense why these two guys, you figure you put them in a room or put them in the ring together, like, you know, the tail of the tape is totally different. You had, you know, Punk, the the straight edge, drug free, all that stuff. And then Hardy, even at this point, the kind of documented, you know, drugs, things like that, that he had gone through as well, too. And so, um, you know, that that right there, like even without and they had a couple matches I'll talk about, but, you know, even just that alone, like, you know, if they had done a quick little build like that made sense, too, for why these guys would you know want to go at it for each other, because just their lifestyles alone were very different. And so um, these guys were this was still in the show, like kind of branded. And so this was a they both these guys were on SmackDown at the time, but the entire pay-per-view did have all the different raw raw smackdown and ecw and so this one the belt at this time it was the world heavyweight championship like you said um they actually had a match it was extreme rules in june a couple months prior prior two months prior um punk had won the money in the bank ladder matches remember and so he wanted and or you know he decided to take on hardy for his belt again playing into the storyline of their lifestyles and things like that but these guys actually this is not uh, of course not their first match at all but they had a couple matches that were leading up to this match so it was actually the bash and night of champions um that at the time like hardy is coming into this match with the belt it was that night of champions where he won the belt and so um again shenanigans just kind of things happening on smackdown over the couple of weeks um because hardy interfering in punk's matches on smackdown teddy long of course general manager of smackdown deciding this was going to be a tables ladders and chairs match between these two guys at SummerSlam. kind of a it was really just a i say a rematch but a building of a couple matches that they had 
had. I'd say there was a natural progression to this. It started with Punk, you know, in the, the you know, he had winning the money in the bank, but then, you know, just had some other matches where now we get, you know, in essence, you figure what is the bread and butter, especially for Jeff Hardy, table, ladders, and chairs match. And so a uh, couple months, Bill, there was some other little things here, but like I said, between their just how they operate in life and then also how they just you know had a few matches over a couple of months we get to this one plain and simple cool i'm excited to cover it man yeah yeah before we get into it i want to real quick remind everybody just about our sponsors as always every week that hasn't changed and so it's man 20 percent off free shipping using that code payoff true classic tees 25 percent off using the code payoff 25 and our newest sponsor of course out there on lab 20 percent off using the code payoff that one whether it's you know it feels weird that you know sometimes say oh like dudes night cream and all this other like you know taking care of themselves but like but i think i was texting you now that long ago i had my birthday and i was like it, it hit me hard like i was at the doctor and like all this other stuff and i was like well getting older ain't easy like we, we don't move like we used to so we got to take care of ourselves and so um yeah so of course manscaped uh 20 off using the code payoff true classic tees 25 payoff 25 using the code there caldera lab 20 off using the code payoff so let's get into it tom all right so we are uh, SummerSlam 2009, which is, would you say, season 22? Season 22, episode one, Peacock. Yep. All right. Two hour, 27 minute mark. Two hours and 27 minutes. Jeff, are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. I'm excited for this one. Let's do it. Me too. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. Most extreme man win. All right, here we go. Punk is a great striker. He has a an arsenal of submission maneuvers that we're likely to Punk see in this match. Punk with long looks a hell of a lot younger. Again, if a man is unable yeah, to climb a ladder, much younger. It's obvious that that individual cannot win the match. My guess is uh, Hardy's going to be moving around maybe a little better than uh, than he does these days. So I. You know, we, we talked about how there were unified tag team champions at the time, even though there were two different branded world titles. So yep. what's your what's your thought on that? Right. So, you know, we have like, you know, and I think there was a unification of the women's tag titles with the NXT ones. Um, but you've got, you know, do you, do you like Raw and SmackDown tag titles? Do you think there should be Raw and SmackDown world champions on the men and women's side? Like, what? where do you think there should be kind of brand-splitted titles, and where don't you think there should be? I We have this conversation, you know, from time to time of, you know, there's too many titles, or, like, it's just... I, I'm in the, the situation right now of, one, I don't... Uh, I don't always know everyone that has the belt, but then also I don't know what the belt looks like anymore. Yeah. They're introducing new belts. I feel like, you know, all the time. And so, which is great. Like, and I, you know, they're doing a good job of it, but also like, I I'm almost at a loss for like, what are we doing? You know, we, we're back to world heavyweight championship. We, you know, we, I was fine with universe. Like, I, I think they've kind of backed themselves into that corner though, because of everything they're doing with Roman Reigns. But 
I, I feel like, you know, because I'm looking at it, you know, there's there's just too many belts, plain and simple to me. I think on both brands, I think that it's one where I am all for stream. Oh, that looked tough. That looked rough. Uh, already CM Punk was climbing. They need to. I'm all for the long reigns. They're trying to do that, but also like I, I just feel like there's a lot of little mistakes that, that like how they're handling the belts that add up to big mistakes. And so, um, it's just it's a pain for me right now to to just kind of know, and that week to week who's got what belt. Like I feel like at once a month they're introducing a new belt, which is just annoying. Like you know, and so which I get it. Like Triple H trying to make it his own, but also like okay we need some like continuity here to help me understand what color like there was even like i remember uh, uh, after the denver won uh you know the nba championship like what belts they were sending them and then also like the knights in uh las vegas as well too like it just you know it was really you know oh it was the old belt design which it was just the black one but i was like that design's not that old like it's just a couple so it just there's too much going on, but in, in to directly answer you, like, yeah, I'm all for like when you have that many belts, it does diminish it for me. And so I think having like uh, a set of belts for the tag women, for the tag men, like you, you don't need like, well, I appreciate like the Kenny Omega look sometimes of like having like the four or five belts draped around you. Like it also doesn't always work for me either. And right like, lately, like, it's becoming i'm i'm enjoying it less in wwe for an aw it's just i'm whatever um I, but yeah it's just it's unusual how about you yeah i mean i i agree i'm i'm in a similar camp too i mean i think that like to me how do you you know have some type of a brand split but also not have a ton of titles and water it down and to me, the happy medium has always been you have a brand split, but you say that, look, when someone is a champion, they're entitled to show up on Raw or SmackDown. Mm -hmm. So the world champion shows up on both shows. The, you know, IC champion shows up on both shows. I mean, that that's what I prefer um, but yep. you know, the idea of a US champion on one brand and IC on the other, okay, that does make a lot of sense because but but I like those kind of main eventing each show and then having a world champion that goes around. So I I don't know. I mean, it's just a it's a tough spot. I think they've reined it back in a little bit. Um, you know, I have no issue, like I don't need my world champion to be on every show. And I agree. defending the title every week. And so, I mean, you know, it make it special. Like I even remember when back in the day, you know, they made it really clear that, hey, uh, Bret Hart is wrestling, you know, the one, two, three kid, but this is not a championship match. And they did that because, you know, they wanted the world champion to be on television, but they wanted it to be special when they defend the title at a pay-per-view. So, mm -hmm. you know. I don't know. I, I just I think they're I think they're doing a better job now. What I don't understand and 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 honestly blows my mind is how is AEW making the same mistake that obviously WWE has made, which is too many champions. Like mm -hmm. I, I I will defend AEW because they're a new promotion. 
okay? Startup company, scrappy, figuring these things out. Hey, we need to hire more writers. We need more backstage people. We need to do this to make the production of the product better. Like I, I give them a lot of leeway and grace, but when it comes to something as simple as, hey, we've all been bashing WWE on Twitter for many years about too many champions. Tony Khan clearly is on Twitter as a wrestling fan. He knows that people hate all those champions. Why would he do that? Why is he creating uh, two women's championships, uh, all these men's championships, the trios champions? Now you have all the ROH champions floating around. And then you do a collaboration with like New Japan or AAA and you have their titles around and maybe defended on your show. It just seems like every time I'm watching something, there's a champion. And it's like... How are you dumb enough to make that mistake? Now, the other thing that AEW is doing, and I just tweeted about it recently, and I said, you know, are, are they WCW? And, and what I meant by that was, you know, now Daniel Bryan is doing booking. Um, it sounds like mm-hmm. FTR I saw that too. Yep. involved in booking. Now, what a WWE hater would tell you is, oh, Triple H was involved in booking. Yes, he was. He was also dating Vince's daughter. He was also, you know, contributing. I get it. But if you're Tony Khan, you better be damn careful because maybe Moxley wants to be involved in creative. Oh, now uh, Jericho is involved in. Okay. I mean, you know, and then the inmates are running the asylum here. And I think you have to be very, very careful about that. So, you know, I, I just. It blows my mind sometimes when there's unforced errors. Like, hey, obviously we think there's too many belts in wrestling, so let's create even more belts. Like, do we need a trios championship? That just seems absurd to me. So, I don't know. I'm all for consolidating. Make these championships actually mean something. I think we're doing a better job. Clearly, we've had longer championship reigns, which, I mean, way longer. You know, Bianca, a year. Gunther, Roman. Fury's going to have, you know, having a nice run here. I mean, as of the time we're recording, you know, all these people are champions and um, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. I I think too, you know, something that you talked about was, you know, we might have a big try not to make mistakes. We might have a big spot coming up here. So let's, let's take a look. I don't know if you noticed too, some of the lighting was actually. Go ahead. Uh, they they've like backlit the title that's hanging over the ring. I don't know if you noticed that. It's there's like a spotlight that's shining down on it, so it actually makes it look like it, it's actually kind of a cool look. Next time they show it over the ring, that it looks like there's a spotlight kind of shining down uh, onto it, which is kind of cool. And so, yeah, Hardy missing just a, a a dive there and Punk getting out of the way through a table on the outside. He took all that too. That looked painful. So. Um, yeah, and even like you said, okay, so there's Universal and Intercontinental Champ. Well, like AEW has the TNT champion and the TBS champion, which okay, whatever. And so plus they have the trios, plus they have the tag championship, plus every once in a while it's like one of the the lucha, you know, luchador um you know, outlets, they'll have like, they'll all of a sudden there's like a triple A defense of a title. Like there's, it's just, you lose track of all the different ones that they have because like, I, I just don't know what's going on. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. 
this. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think, you know, hopefully Triple H will shake out. I think, too, it does take away, like, every belt's the same. Like, it's almost like the training we've talked. See how it's the spotlight's kind of shining down on it? it yeah. And when they give that wide shot again, you can see it's kind of lit a little different. It's kind of cool. Um, I think it's Triple H, you know, now with Vince fully back, like, who knows what we'll see. I do think he's letting Triple H handle most things but also we are seeing some of it seems like the changes vince is making is like segments and where placement is i do think that he's letting triple h kind of handle the belts and the larger stories and maybe some little suggestions here and there but um i feel like he's cut a lot of women's segments that seems to be something that i've been reading more than than a lot of the other things but um yeah we'll just have to wait and see what happens so um so you and I talked uh, off the air, of course, the return of CM Punk. I'll just ask you the direct question. Is CM Punk an asshole and does he deserve to be back? Well, he, he is an asshole. I mean, that, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just his, his per that's his personality. You know, he, he is a person that gets along with less people and mixes well with less people than the average person. So, it doesn't make him a bad person, but yes, he, he absolutely too many is an asshole. I have not personally met mm -hmm. him and been around him. I, I don't know for sure, but you just, you know, hear a lot, see a lot, even the things he says, and you realize, you know, he, he, he just is kind of a jerk, kind of an asshole, tough to get along with, um, which a, Oh, nasty bump from Jeff Hardy there. Um, and and oh, it is what it terrible. is, but, yeah. but it's, you know, it, it's, he, he just really has trouble in a, you know, collaborative locker room environment, clearly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, I, he's a, he's a, just a tough person to explain, you know, even in an industry with very eccentric people, he is just a very polarizing eccentric person. And that's not necessarily mm. a bad thing, but, you know, again, at the end of the day, what Vince McMahon has always wanted and what Tony Khan will realize that he wants and needs is you need people that'll do business. Man, just a horrendous looking bump there. Oh, Punk is hurt. Yeah, and he delivers suplex out of the ladder. Both guys taking the move. Yep. Just nasty. So, you know, what, what, again, what Vince McMahon has known forever, what Tony Khan will learn over time. And, and by the way, I think it's funny when Tony Khan takes shots at Vince. Uh, is Vince perfect? No, personally or professionally. Yeah. However, you learn a lot in, you know, four or five decades of doing something. And Tony Khan is making a lot of rookie mistakes, rookie leadership mistakes. The wrestling business is tough. It's harder to run a wrestling company than it is to run an insurance company. Okay. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the, the problem with punk is that he, he doesn't just do business. Okay, and say what you want about John Cena, the Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, just pick whoever you want. But most guys who have been superstars do business. Brock Lesnar does business. Okay, Brock Lesnar. Yes, he's difficult to work with, but have you ever seen him not do business? Okay, and that's the mm -hmm. issue. 
hunk that I think is really tough and where it's like, maybe you shouldn't have brought him back in. Maybe you don't want to, you know, be involved with this guy because, you know, at the end of the day, I'd like to think that if Chris Jericho is asked to do something, he may push back on the creative. He may give his reasons why he doesn't agree with it, but he's going to go in the ring and make the best of it. And he's going to understand that he's there as a, you know, 1099 contracted, you know, employee, what a contract or whatever you want to call it, but he's there with a contract to perform. And, you know, that that's the issue with punk. And, and, and I'll tell you, you know, over the years, I, I, you know, you, you notice sometimes that it's like, well, why is John Cena getting a push? Why is Randy Orton getting the title? Why aren't we, you know, making Bray Wyatt the biggest star in the company? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And gee, mm-hmm. another, another nice spot there. The hell of a match. God. Um, yep. But here, here's what I here's what I've always said, Jeff. You just don't know what these guys are like to work with. And if I'm Vince McMahon, and I'm just using an example here, but John Cena does whatever in the hell I want. He makes the most of everything. He's low maintenance. He always has a great attitude. He, you know, doesn't have a prescription drug problem. Um, he, you know, does make wishes. He's great on uh, the, the Today Show. Okay, whatever we ask him to do, he'll do any media we ask of him. I have that guy. Then I have another guy. Okay, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that guy... Yeah, I've heard he, you know, gets after it a little bit after shows and sometimes needs some pills to fall asleep. And, uh, you know, sometimes he uh, comes into work a little groggy and yeah, he's not great with the media appearances, et cetera, et cetera. Well, tell me who you're going to make the face of your company. Tell me who you're going to give preferential treatment to. So there's what you see on screen, but there's also what you see off screen. And I mean, what we've seen on screen from CM Punk over Ooh. the past. 15 or so years has just been out of this world. I get it, but there's another element to it. And, you know, what do these people do in the locker room? What are these people like to manage? Um, So, you know, again, there, there's, there's a, there's a lot we don't see. That's why sometimes I, I try not, I mean, I can tell you what I see with my eyes, but what I don't see is merchandise sales. What I don't see is how easy it is, is it for a guy to get along and, and, and deal with backstage. What I don't see is, you know, minute to minute TV ratings of certain talent and their trend lines. Uh, I don't know who gets the most Google searches. You know, so I mean, there's so many other things that go into, you know, who we're going to push, who we're not going to push. You know, another interesting thing, too, is, you know, especially as WWE continues to be more of an international business. Now we have to say, hey, in terms of us trying to get this massive new TV deal in India, do we need to, you know, push certain guys because they do really well in the country? You know, Bret Hart was always a bigger star overseas than he was in the United States. So if you're trying to grow overseas and you're trying to get a new TV deal overseas and you have an overseas tour coming up, that may influence who you push. Um, You know, you look at, and again, Bad Bunny was great regardless, but you look at what he did in Puerto Rico. How much merch do you think he sold? How much do you think he did for the product in that part of the world? And, mm-hmm. and, and and not just that part of the world, but probably into other parts of Latin America and Mexico. So Bad Bunny, you know, oh, well, why is Bad Bunny in a prominent position at, 
you know, the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania next year. Well, there, there's probably a really interesting business reason for it, even if you don't think that a part-timer should get a push over a full-timer, or even if, you know, you don't know who in the hell he is or listen to his music, it doesn't matter. So there, Jeff, there's so many other factors that go into this. So now uh, Hardy has a massive ladder, the biggest one we've seen so far. Punk's on the Spanish announce table. And the shirt's coming off, so I'm, I'm guessing we uh, may be seeing a uh, a big move here. Swanton. I'm coming, yeah. Why I was forgetting the name of the Swanton. So here we go. Everyone's on repeat. That's a, that's going to be the biggest ladder I've ever seen. It's one of the taller ones, yeah. 24 or whatever it is, yeah. Wow. He had to short hop that, too. He was, like, right over the table, so he had to be careful of that, too. Yikes. That was awesome. That was great. Yep, absolutely. Jeff Hardy still got it, yep. In 2009, he did. So it's interesting. If you look at his top matches ever, the top two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. The top eleven matches he's ever had were all tag matches. Um, and then we start to get a lot of singles matches here. Um, according to Meltzer, what is the best singles match Jeff Hardy has ever been in? Singles match? I have no idea. Like, I, obviously, tag would make sense, but. You're not going to get this. So best singles match he was ever in, according to Meltzer, and there's a number of them that are four and a quarter stars, um, Jeff Hardy versus Triple H. Uh, this was October of 2008. So I, I'm guessing a world okay. title. Maybe that was the one where he won the title. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so that one, uh, there's an Edge Jeff Hardy singles ladder match. This match uh, Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle in TNA. Jeff Hardy and Austin Aries in TNA. Uh, there's a three-way match from 2020 with Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, and AJ Styles, a triple threat ladder match. I do not remember that. And then a Darby Allen match. So those were all four and a quarter stars. Those are those are the, single, those are. Are the top singles matches he's ever been in. Obviously, a ton of, a ton of tag matches. As I said, we're doing the injury angle at this point too. They got uh, Hardy in the neck brace. They're putting him on the on the back or stretcher. Punk's in the ring trying to climb, but then Jeff fighting him off now and is trying to get back into the ring himself. Yep. This match has moved at a pretty good pace here. Like uh, we're getting near the oh, end here. Gosh, right? like, been... I just looked at the timestamp. We're almost done. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's why I'm yeah, in the same is, boat. Yeah, I couldn't moving, believe that. This is moving quickly. It's a very good match. Yeah, it has been, yeah. It's already fighting his way back in. Great job of selling, like just kind of fun. I, I, that was Shawn Michaels level of selling right there. Like that was pretty good. Yep. Well, you and I were talking about uh this before we went on the air, but um <laughs> Sixty dollars for an AEW pay per view. We we both yeah absolutely absurd. Any more like yeah, unless you're like getting together with people and splitting it, it's just it's it's not worth it to me. 
to to spend that kind of money for a Sunday night on a couch where even a lot of times, like if we're running, I get it. Like it's, it doesn't happen to everybody, but like 11, 1130 is past my bedtime anymore. Well, so that's, oh, there you go. Wow. Punk, yeah, with the win. After big put or big punch to Hardy falls off the ladder. It was as you you'll you'll probably get into this, but was this the beginning of his long title reign? I'll take a look as we're uh before we pull this. Or was this yeah, I'm just curious if this this might have been early on. This may have not been like the long run. I, I don't know if this one where he turned heel or I'm just curious. All right, so really good match. Let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. All right. So what'd you think? A lot happening. Like, you know, we were talking through it, which is fine, but I, there was still a lot happening in this match. It was oh, I mean, really I, I was sitting there stuff. watching the whole thing, man. It was, it was great. I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're in agreement. That was, that was a fun one. Um, yeah. So I, I see, t- tell me what happened after this. Cause this is like the, these years just kind of blend together, right? Like, I don't know, man, I, maybe it's cause I wasn't watching as much or maybe it's cause there's just so much inventory. It's all, holy shit. Lights out. Yeah, we still got more happening now. So take her back in the fold to close down the pay-per-view after a hell of a match. Well, that's that's a nice little cherry on top, huh? That, a good little moment there, too. So that was, of course, as we heard at the gong, but the lights went out, the gong hit, and Punk had been standing over Hardy, but then he was uh, Undertaker was then kind of slipped in in the darkness, and uh, he was standing over or uh, under over the Undertaker and didn't realize it. So, yeah, good stuff, though. Real good. So, okay, so with this one, uh, it's really kind of a, I say like a whimper uh, and kind of what happened with this one. This was, um, you know, kind of, I'm looking at, so this was not his long reign on this one. And so um, let's see here. He had, he ended up holding this one, this would have been only for like 40 days or so. Um, And so, but it was actually just a couple weeks after this, uh, there was a rematch. Well, actually the same week, there was a rematch of this match with Hardy and CM Punk. It feels weird then to kind of, it was actually a steel cage match. It feels weird to not end the feud on the pay-per-view, especially when it's SummerSlam, you know, one of the big ones. And then the stipulation was that the loser had to leave the company. So Punk ended up winning that one and Hardy left. And so, um, and then he started as we, after this one, then started feuding with 
um, the Undertaker. So between these two guys, not a lot happening. Punk just kind of moving on um, after this, and so just you know, it was kind of uh, there. It was really the end of the feud, but it really ended with a whimper. Like there just wasn't a whole lot of greatness that came from it. So, um, but that's okay. And so PWI two thousand nine, you had Punk at eight, Hardy at thirteen. Uh, the Torch gave this one four and a quarter stars. It said this would be on the radar for some as a match of the year contender it wasn't at that level for me but it was a very good tlc match with two good athletes who stump bumped all over the place but made every big move count in the context of tlc rules this was uh, rated the best match in the observer it says as for the match they didn't do as many knocking off the ladder spots or things like the teeter-totter spot that is in almost every ladder match not an all-time classic ladder match but still an excellent main event to cap off the show also four and a quarter stars so two four and a quarters, Tom. What are you thinking? Um, I'll give this a seven and a half. I mean, it's a really good ladder match, right? So, but it's a really good ladder match. I mean, it's not. This was not some you know wild build or wild aftermath to it. Um, it's just a really really good ladder match. So a very solid seven and a half. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. Right there as well, seven and a half. I think that the the match itself, uh, everything around the match was good. Obviously, the aftermath kind of happened, not great, but the match itself, just kind of standing standing alone in kind of its own microcosm, was pretty good. Like, um, and we talked about a, lot, a couple different things during it, but there was still a lot of action. Like you said, there was a lot of stunt spots, a lot happening. So, um, it did look really good from that perspective too. So, yeah, all good stuff. Cool. Well, it's a fun one, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm glad we did this one. We're going to keep trucking. This is uh, we're, uh this is now, well, you know, we did SummerSlam last week. We got SummerSlam this week. We still got a couple more SummerSlams to cover before we get into September, but uh, good stuff happening no matter what. Well, I'm pumped for next week, man. We're talking uh Boiler Room Brawl. It's going to be uh it's going to be a really fun one. Yeah, you and I've had this one on our list forever. I don't know how it took us 200 episodes to get to it, but we're finally going to get to it. So it'll be good. Good, man. All right. Well, appreciate everyone listening, and we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of The Payout.